Welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. I'm Leanne, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in to my Release 2020 podcast series. This is a series of short interviews with people from all walks of life sharing their experience with COVID-19 during this year 2020. I'll be asking each guest questions like, what was the hardest part of COVID for you? Did you notice that you had higher levels of stress, anxiety, or even depression? In those moments of heightened stress or anxiety or depression, how did you notice your behavior or thought processes changed? What were things that made that stress worse? And what were things that made it better? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And going forward, what can you shift or adjust or pivot to have a better response in the future? There are no right or wrong answers in this series, and this is in no way meant to say that there is a right or wrong response to dealing with COVID. In fact, the goal and mission of this series is just the opposite. It's just to highlight each person's unique experience with this. Throughout the entire year, I have been hearing people, friends, family, people on social media saying things like, I just want to forget 2020, I want to pretend like it didn't happen. And to me, I have learned so much about how repressed emotions over time can really manifest as physical disease and really just linger and create this festering unease or dis-ease within the body. And so I wanted to do something to encourage people not to just forget 2020 and pretend like it never happened, but rather to take a pause and acknowledge whatever the feelings were that came up this year. And I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I think if each of us can, to even some extent, bring up the feelings, acknowledge them, process them a little bit, learn what we can from them, and then release them. And so that's why the series is called Release 2020. I think all any of us can do in any given moment is respond to the best of our ability. And so many of us may have felt like we didn't respond the way we wanted to this year or like we lost time. And again, the messaging of this series isn't, well, you should have done this, but rather the messaging is just, okay, all any of us can do is look at how we responded and say, do I want to continue to respond in that way going forward? Or do, or do I want to make some shifts so that I can respond in a different way? Whether it's to COVID or some other type of very stress-inducing incident that comes in the future. So I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, how we deal with stress, what are the things that cause stress or anxiety or depression for us, what do we do when those moments happen? And how can we put things in place going forward so that maybe we respond to it in a better way in the future? And you guys know I love my challenges or the magnetic moments that I give you. And so the challenge in this series is to, for the rest of December, keep a piece of paper and just start by writing down all the negatives from 2020. Anything painful, and as December continues on, continue adding to that piece of paper anytime something comes up. And then on New Year's Eve, at the end of the year, we all together virtually will take that piece of paper of all the negatives from 2020 
and physically burn it on New Year's Eve right before 2021. So I hope you'll jump on board with that. I hope listening to these interviews inspires you to think about these questions for yourself. And I think it can create just a beautiful ripple effect of if your partner or your children see you making that list of the negatives of 2020 and processing it, learning from it, and then releasing it, hopefully it inspires them to do the same thing. Lastly, if you do find this series thought-provoking, helpful, inspiring, please consider sharing an episode or two with a loved one. You guys sharing these episodes really is the biggest way that people discover my podcast. And so it means so, so much to have your support in that way and see it in that way. If you do listen, consider taking a screenshot, throwing it up on social media and tagging me. It absolutely fills my heart with joy to see you guys listening, hear your feedback and your responses. So please tag me in something, send me a direct message on Instagram. I always include my social media links and my website in the show notes where you can find me. And with that, please enjoy this Release 2020 podcast series. Well, Dr. Bales, welcome back to the Accressive Podcast. Thank you so much, Leon. Yeah, we had an amazing interview before on your F-Scan and the Firefly, which I'll definitely link in the show notes below. But today we're talking all about COVID. And I think everyone has a really unique perspective into this, but you being in healthcare, working at an integrative health clinic throughout this whole time, I think we'll have an interesting take too. But can you just like set the set the stage for us a little bit? So, you know, give us your your profession, where you live, your age, all those things so people can kind of wrap their head around your situation. Okay, well, I'm a 41-year-old male. That, that sounds just like a dating website right there. I live in San Diego and I practice at the Center for New Medicine and Cancer Center for Healing, which is in Irvine, Orange County. And I've been there for almost 11 years and have learned a heck of a lot about medicine and about myself during that time. <laughs> um, all, all pretty much positive. I, I never thought as um, coming from an engineering background that I would be working with patients, um, but, but the bridge in that was my father's medical device inventions uh, mm-hmm. from an engineering. And I, I did get my, um, I guess, degree and a half my, in engineering and decided I didn't like working so much with circuits in a back room that I'm much more gregarious and like being with patients and talking and helping people solve real life problems. Not that engineering problems aren't, but uh, just much more animated when you actually uh, help people and see it right in front of you (laughs) and see how it changes their lives in a very, very direct, powerful way. Yeah, absolutely. What did you, so I think COVID has affected each person in multiple ways, but let's just start with what do you feel like was the biggest impact of COVID on your life? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to divide that up uh, to my professional life and then my personal life. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so as far as, um, as far as, uh, prof- well, we'll start with, yeah, professional, um, and this just so happened, but my company has never been so busy, especially with uh, sales of home models. <laughs> <laughs> during all of this. So oh, I wow, okay. is patients didn't want to or couldn't go in to see their, their provider in whatever area of the country that they lived. And they chose to, to, to uh, purchase or rent a home model. So I never, never saw that happening. <laughs> um, 
if you'd asked me on New Year's Eve last year what you know what would happen, that that, that was the farthest. So that so that's been a very positive, and that just that, that that just kind of happened. I'd like to believe that I manifest positive things, but that was big. So the company's taken off, and also uh, a, couple, a couple more milestones since when we talked, we got uh, we were able to file for CE approval, so we can sell our devices in Europe, and we actually passed. That's a really big one. That's an expensive process, and it was so nice to pass. So that's really really cool. Um, and then it's changed. Um, it's, I'll, I'll go through some more later. So that's kind of the two bigger for the for the for there. And then personally, it really got me literally out of the gym because the club that I belong to they closed the inside <laughs> weightlifting and all of that, and out into the out into the swimming pool, which is outdoor, which has been open. I've been taking more walks around the neighborhood, um, just seeing more neighbors. And, and honestly, it's been best for me just socially because I do live alone. So, uh, I mean, obviously, with all the negatives, I try to make a lot of positives out that, and it it took some work to do, but I, I was definitely able to do it. Yeah, well, and I want to dive into that process a little bit more. So, because what I've been hearing from so many people is that first month of isolation of quarantine, it almost felt like extended holiday. Everyone was just kind of doing whatever they felt like at home, not really taking it too heavy to heart. But then after that first month, second month, they a lot of anxiety started to hit people, a lot of stress, even depression for some people. So did you experience any of that heightened stress and anxiety? If so, what was it specifically that was making you anxious? I think, uh, yes, uh, to be honest, I don't know so much stress. My life personally didn't change a lot, a lot, as, or as much as some people because the clinic was still open and we just were seeing still records num number of patients and we weren't trying to see COVID patients. So I had my normalcy really during the week. Um, but as far as the anxiety, and I'm not an anxious person, it was after you, you hit it after that first month, it was anxiety over how much longer is this going to last? Because you one month is okay, you know, but then you start thinking, well, is this another month? Is it another year? Is it another five years? And I think a lot of that's been alleviated now uh, with, uh, well, maybe not right now, right now with some of the recent closures, but with whatever your opinions are about vaccines, with the announcement of that, and I think just just people in general, if but the stock market is any heartbeat on the American public, I think that that sentiment is more positive for 2021. Mm -hmm. So I say I was lucky. Uh, as far as a mechanism for that, it was to get into the pool. <laughs> Exercise helps me the most. I feel so good after a workout. Oh, good. And being more social. I mean, if not sitting down with uh, with friends and family, at least walking around and meeting neighbors. I, I've lived in my house for. Coming on 17 years, I met neighbors I had not met before. And I think that was really positive. Even if we were 20 feet apart yelling at each other just to talk, it was just nice to meet and make sure everybody was good and everybody had enough toilet paper. And all. <laughs> yeah, there really was kind of a beautiful camaraderie that I think came up, especially in those early weeks of, I had a similar experience of, you know, neighbors who I didn't even, you'd think no one even lived in that house. You never see them are all of a sudden like poking their heads out like, hey, you okay? Yeah, we're good. You need anything? Oh, yeah. It was and, uh, definitely beautiful and definitely something to go forward to. Now I have neighbors to hang out with when things get whatever normal is going to be back to that, <laughs> that I can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So new friends. Um, also in this, uh, well, there's a couple exercises I, I kind of put myself to, and I and I, I dream these things up not when I'm sleeping, but in the pool. Because to be honest, swimming is very boring, and <laughs> I <ref> it's <laughs> it's a great workout, but it's quite boring. And I refuse to get the earbuds in that because I think it's one place I'm not surrounded by Wi-Fi. I'm, I'm in a pool, which is pretty pretty blanketed from that. And then also, 
it's someplace where I'm not just inundated with music or that it's a place to quiet. Well, a lot of thinking comes up during that, which is, which is great personally and for my company. And I thought, well, one good, one good exercise so far, I mean, we're coming to a close in the year is let's think of the most profound day we had this year. Mm, wow. And that could be good or bad. We could, we could do one good one, one bad one. If I may, I'll share mine. Yeah, please. Okay, so it was October 26th, and you were in Orange County on October 26th. Do you remember what happened? Um, the, we had the fires break out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, about Sunday night, the 25th. So I'm driving up on Monday the 26th. Again, I'm in San Diego. San Diego's like completely normal. And I start getting past Camp Pendleton into San Clemente, and these winds start, felt like somebody was trying to grab my steering wheel over. And I just have a car. I can imagine the trucks and then all, all the smoke, and I'm thinking, oh, no, another fire. So I get to the clinic, and the clinic, the clinic's still going. And um, my assistant had thankfully called patients, and some of them chose not to come in. Some of them were there. Um, listeners may or may not know at the cancer center we see patients from all over, and that has continued all over the states. I was surprised on that also that they, they were still traveling during these times to come to our center for cancer treatment. But that at the end of the day, as rough of the day as it was, and as the the you know you're thinking, okay, in the midst of a pandemic, <laughs> they. They evacuated less than a mile away from the clinic. They evacuated about three quarters of a mile away. There was smoke in the halls of the clinic just because they opening the back door, smoke got in. And I just laughed and I thought, and we're still seeing patients. Oh, I know. <laughs> that less, but it was that was my I mean, how resilient are we? This is awesome. It shows how strong we are. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you think about that on top of that was like right before the elections. I mean, it's insane how many things have hit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if I could encourage people to, to yeah, to, to think about what what they affect them could be negative, but they could have grown personally. Hopefully, they did from that. Yeah. Well, so what did you do? You feel like in this time, a lot of people have said I had so much more time with myself, and in that extra time with yourself, did you notice anything new pop up? Did you learn anything new about yourself? About some of your defaults when you get stressed things that you do automatically yes um yes <laughs> a couple well, a couple of things and i kind of knew this but i think it's more reinforced is that uh yeah stress and anxiety uh, i i love to cook and i love to eat <laughs> and enjoy wine so i had to watch myself with that especially living alone <laughs> there isn't someone here you know right here but I, I was pretty good with that uh also as i mentioned um uh, the, the, i found the pool and the pool is kind of my, my, my I wouldn't say safe space, but, but my, my quiet space. And I've always been a planner. And I really was able to plan out and think about, plan out what, I, what, what, what happened for my company with the growth. And then think about what I wanted for the future uh, personally. As, uh, as I mentioned, I'm 41 as far as, and still single, but as far as relationships and what I kind of needed to do to make that happen. So I definitely grew in, in those areas. Yeah. So which dating app are you on? It's <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of podcast I was talking. <laughs> That's after five, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you notice, so it sounds like you really leaned into things like exercise, cooking to help alleviate the stress at times. Was there things that you noticed made it, made the stress worse or the anxiety worse that you were doing and then you realized okay i need to not do this as much anymore yes watching the news <laughs> <laughs> or i should say the mainstream media which i normally wouldn't personally don't normally but it's kind of hard when something 
big like this happens to not, you know, want to go over to the major news networks. So I figured, you know, and my mom taught me this, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. At some point, God's in control. That's my personal belief or greater being or what have you. And you can, you know, stay healthy, do what you can do, stock up on toilet paper. <laughs> There's things you can do. <laughs> I, I'm the type of person that already had 300 cans of food in my food bank <laughs> here. <laughs> I, was, I was good with that. Um, but, um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's in God's hands to do as much as you can do. I do as much as I can do for my patients. That's kind of number one. I, I, I try to not put myself first and everything. And that's just took it day by day from there. And after that, you may say, you said the first month was that. And then the second month was probably the hardest April. And then by May it, uh, it did, I felt better. And uh, of course vacation, I did get to go to Alaska a couple of times uh, starting in June. That really helped, and I was just thankful I was able to go. You had to get tested to go, but thankfully, once you jumped through the hoops. Yeah. Did you have any, because I know you're really close with your parents, and they're up in Northern California. Do you normally see them more? Were you concerned about their health? Was that a factor in this, too? Absolutely, especially the first couple of months. They really, in a very loving way, did not want me to come visit, and I normally would visit at least once a month, one long weekend a month type thing, and I respected that. Um, they discovered Zoom, which was great. So that's their personal growth. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so we just Zoomed, and another outlet of mine kind of cooking was, I, I bring back a bunch of fish from Alaska, and I decided, well, I have some more time, and so I smoked it, and I sent it to not only my parents, but the relatives. I did different recipes, made fun, made a game out of it, sent the relatives some wine, and we Zoomed, and we tried. It was blind tasting. Okay, do you like eggs? Different, different levels of smoke, different levels of brine, that kind of thing. But, you know, you, you have to make up your own fun. And once I started doing that, we, we made it fun. We'd have our weekly Zoom. We'd taste our smoked salmon and, and that. And so uh, eventually, I think uh, because of a couple other prevention protocols, uh, my parents were more um, willing to let me come up there very cautiously. I, I had my dad since the end of February. And remember, like I said, I normally see my parents at least once a month, and I saw him at the end of June. Um, and that's a big step because I'm an only child, so it's a big step for them too. And I saw him, I met him in Alaska. And then my mom was more comfortable coming home uh, in August when I guess I didn't, again, I don't follow a lot of the media, but the, the cases were not surging in August, probably because the weather was warmer. So we were able to make it. Also, Thanksgiving was different. <laughs> my, my parents have been married 53 years, uh, and this is the first year with no turkey. And that was my choice <laughs> because the relatives decided not to come, which is fine. Uh, and so we celebrated and started something new and did a leg of lamb on the barbecue. And everybody loved it more than the turkey. So <laughs> <laughs> so new traditions coming out yeah. of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love your perspective. And I have come to the same thing because for me, a lot of my anxiety throughout this period, and I am not an anxious person by any means, um, has really come up from seeing the polarity that has been created with this people having different opinions and that really creating divides people are losing friends family members won't talk to them because they have different opinions of how this should be handled what's okay what's not okay and that for me gives me so much anxiety of just like i i want us all at the end of the day to have a certain level of respect for our fellow human beings and i really feel that we have become very one-dimensional and if we can't agree with someone on everything or most things we don't know how to maintain that relationship so seeing that and seeing how people are acting in public and in the grocery stores 
really weighed heavy on me. So I like avoided going out as much as possible, not out of fear, but just truly out of not seeing it. But at the end of the day, what I kept bringing myself back to was, look, all you can do on any given day at any given moment is show up as your best self possible and respond to whatever the moment is. And so there's no point worrying what will be until it's there and it is because it may never be. But regardless, whatever happens, I'm going to show up as my best self and work through it once the time comes. So that exactly coming back to that has really helped me get through those moments. Yeah, I agree. And just to add to it, it's not um, being mature enough to agree to disagree, <laughs> to add to your list of, not, not, like you said, you're not going to be able to agree with everybody, everything. That, that's that's pre-COVID, I mean, really. That's, and, and, and it's a shame because this country was already politically so divided before this. I think it just increased the division even more, um, which I didn't find anxiety, but I find it quite a shame. I think we're all unique individuals, intelligent. We all have our own opinions like we should, and we should at least be able to get along. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And for me, I found myself just avoiding those conversations entirely and not engaging in them. And, you know, it, it really became something that it was just like COVID and the elections, that's all people could talk about. And I really got to a point where I was like, I just, I can't talk about it anymore. And so if it would come up in conversation, I would excuse myself from the conversation or just, you know, would kind of sit and listen, but not really add my two cents to it. And I don't know, right or wrong, that's sort of how I got through that in the moment. I think ideally I'd love to get to a place where I could confidently share my position and hope that the other person would respect that. But for me, it got to a point of out of fear of some kind of negative response. I just didn't want to share my position on those things. I understand. I my the latest thing coming up, I'm I'm subscribed to um, newsletters from fishing lodges to outdoor magazines. I don't know if you've seen this, but and probably going to be in some Christmas letters. Every every one of these year-end letters starts. Where do I begin? How <laughs> Yeah, and I was thinking, I was, and that's fine. I was thinking, why don't we begin by being thankful for what we have? <laughs> you know, what we do that we have food, uh, that we now have toilet paper, probably. I mean, just basics. You know, we um, started trying to delve into something that obviously it's been a very challenging year. Also, what 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 have we learned about ourselves as we were discussing from it now and going in the future? And that can be simple as um, as having. Ex- food or backup plans or emergency plans, you know, something possible like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming back to those basic things of just, and really, I just, we are so incredibly lucky that, you know, I get to quarantine in Orange County, California, where it's sunny and yeah, I have access to everything. All my basic needs are covered. And so it's tricky because I think that has also been the roller coaster for a lot of people of one minute, they feel so stressed just for whatever reason, they're not being productive, they can't see their friends, their family. And then it flips to the other side of feeling like, well, I I have no right to be upset about any of this. Look, you know, what an amazing life I have. But I think everyone deserves to be validated in whatever they're feeling. But the goal is to, and really the purpose of this series is to help people look at it and say, there's no right or wrong way to deal with a situation like this, a global pandemic. But At the end of the day, we all can and do have the responsibility to look at our behaviors, look at our defaults and ask ourselves, do I want to continue in that or do I want to grow past that in whatever way I can? And so that's really what I hope this series inspires people to do is not just 
pretend 2020 never happened, but really use it to grow and learn, even if it's just in the smallest capacity. I think I think you're absolutely right. Take time to what you learned about yourself and what you learned about situation, because it could happen again, very much in the reality, um, and, and, and go from there. The other, um, what I've heard a lot of, I don't agree or disagree with this, but is people are saying, I just can't wait for this year to end. And I think there's this little feeling that when the ball drops on New Year's Eve, that poof, COVID's going to go away. <laughs> and this whole, it's, it's going to be this, 2021 all of a sudden is going to be this mess. And I don't want to squash anybody's, you know, hope or that, but I think it's going to be a process. I just, and I know people are, are again anxious for it. And yet, yes, 2020 has been, been difficult for a lot. But let, let's know that come 2020, you know, January 1st, 2021, things will probably be better. It'll get better and better, but but um, let's not get our, our hopes up too high for, for that. Yeah, yeah. There is this sort of feeling of just craving a reset. Everyone just wants a reset. And I, I can totally relate to that because I have a very all or nothing personality. Like either I'm all in or I'm all out. And I that's not always good. Um, cause sometimes I tend to just check out completely, which is something I've really been working on over the last couple of years. But, and I think that's where a lot of people have gone this year. And again, it's not good or bad, right or wrong, but it is something to look at yourself and say, oh yeah, you know, five months in, I just checked out. I was done. And should this continue into 2021? Should 2021 be similar to 2020? Do I want it to just be an exact replica of how I lived that year? Or do I want to take what happened and try to improve? Try to improve personal improvement. Um, you know, a lot of people, friends included, were either uh, unemployed or were working from home. And the work from homers, it was an adjustment, especially if both husband and wife <laughs> were suddenly working from home or both didn't, you know, before they learned how to manage each other. And I saw a great with, with the time not spent commuting, which is awesome for, for those people, there was time to do more things. To go, maybe the gyms are close, but go for walks. Or I even thought a lot of people have a piano sitting around. Well, musical instrument. The apps for learning a language are cheap, if not free. Um, that, that's for those type of people. Maybe not for the engineering type like me. I'm not so good on languages or musical instruments. But if I wasn't busy with my, my company, um, maybe uh, some of the, the, of the brain training apps like Lumosity or those. I mean, get, get into those. Use that time effectively instead of just perhaps being glued or sitting around glued to the TV, the news, <laughs> and try to accomplish something personal. I thrive on accomplishment, uh, especially the German side of my family. At the end of the day, even if the day wasn't good, if you accomplished something positive, then you could you could go to sleep and you know <laughs> dream well. That's yeah. me, but that's yeah, got along. A lot of people I've heard just from this series is that feeling of not being productive. And so I was saying, I'm so thankful and so lucky that I had my podcast and my website as sort of things on the side of work that were still happening and moving. And it sounds like it was the same for you too, with your personal company as well. It was something sort of not in the background, but just in your life present that made you feel like you were moving in a forward direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And other things, my, my home was required maintenance on a couple things for years. I've been able to accomplish that, but you and I were lucky. I mean, we had, there were things that were already going on that we were able to then kind of, instead of making new things, we just were able to kind of shift and focus on, on different things. Mm -hmm. So let's say going forward, we 
have another year of this. What are some things that you would really focus on or implement to handle the situation a little bit better going forward? Okay, so again, I'll, I'll bifurcate that uh, personally and professionally. So professionally, already in the works, and I knew this was going to happen, is that our um, sales and, and demos uh, for the clinics have not been very good because the conferences haven't been going on. And that's where we usually meet, meet other professionals we exhibit at the conference. So already in the works is setting up a, a, a series of webinars uh, of which I'll be going through um, uh, different and also getting creative as far as doing vendor demos, meaning I don't have to fly somewhere to a clinic to do a demo. I can prep ship equipment and just do a whole day Zoom with somebody where I'm the video doctor in the room. Mm. Um, also, uh, along those lines, working uh, at the center towards that kind of like, uh, uh, I guess, reverse telemedicine where the doctor is remote and then I can have an assistant there working. So that's um, working and doing the actual treatments, which, which uh, my assistant does that anyway. So, uh, so that was two kind of growth things. And I, actually, one last thing I've enjoyed is it was suddenly not expected of me to fly across the country to install a system when I made a sale this year. Yeah. And I've a lot of time and money and stress and energy, you know, with flying and changing time zones and all that. So that's definitely a silver lining on this for, for me. Uh, go, that, so that's going forward for my professional self, uh, both at the clinic and with my company. But, um, but personally... I think it just continuing um, to uh, make new friends and, and, and try to have a little bit more of a social life because I had turned into a pretty big workaholic looking back. And I think that, re- that was the big aha after that, you know, kind of mid-April type thing of making new, new friends around the neighborhood. And, and I, think, I think I'd like to continue that. And I think I can. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah. mm-hmm. that Did you make it a point to have regular... FaceTimes or phone calls with your family or other friends too. Uh, we did do the the, uh, the the zooms, and I did talk to some of us. I talked about the, the smoked salmon zooms, <laughs> and that, and that. Uh, but I, yeah, I have also talked uh, not a lot to uh, maybe friends I haven't talked to for ten or fifteen years, twenty years for for undergrad for me. Just look up, and people just seem to have more time and were less on the go, um, whether they were working from home or unemployed, they just had more, more social time, which I think myself definitely included. And I think a lot of people would agree we were a little bit too much maybe on the go and, and let less about drifting apart as much as social media platforms are, are great. I think that they encourage less individual interaction. Well, and in situations like these, they shine, but individual interaction can be over the phone. It doesn't have to necessarily be by face mm-hmm. one-on-one. And I, I think that that has been, at least in my friend circle, that's been a little bit more restored uh, as opposed to the, the, the passe text message every so often that you would receive. <laughs> yeah. That's so neat. That's actually a really special thing to come out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so I think you already did touch on, I always have to end it, especially this series as it's a little heavier on a positive note. Um, and you did touch on some of the highlights of 2020, but were there any other big highlights that come out of this year? Um, well, uh, a couple things, and this this is more uh, uh, professional, if I may, but uh, we, we're actually going to wait for some time to apply for what's called a CE mark, and it's a big certification uh, for uh, for Europe, and we were able to do it and pass it the first time, which was really awesome. Again, professional, but still very, very positive. And uh, also, I made, uh, during this whole thing, of, of all places and continents, I made my first sale to Cameroon, Africa. 
Oh my gosh. And the big news on that is they've got a lot of HIV patients and they want to use the F scan to look not at not just the HIV, which it can, it can detect, but also the co-infections associated with having a major infection of any kind. And so uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to see the data coming out of there. That was another, another thing. And I suspect, unfortunately, that those that were hit hard uh, with, with the COVID infection, that they're going to have other co-infections going forward. And so I'd be curious to see, I'm sure it'll come up in my, in my uh, patient base, what, um, what, what those are and how I can best assist them with those. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's going to be so neat to follow up. And for anyone who just has no idea what we're talking about, definitely go listen to my full interview with Dr. Bales. I'll link it in the show notes because it's so good. I'm sending it out to everyone who's on this series, but I want to challenge everyone to, for the month of December, keep a piece of paper and write everything, just write all the negative. And throughout the rest of the month, anything painful that comes up, write it on that piece of paper. And then together, virtually on New Year's Eve, we can all burn those pieces of paper and just officially (laughs) release 2020. Let's not forget it though. Let's let, let's let's learn because everybody has a. This has been a bum year for more people, but everybody has bum years. Maybe they get diagnosed with a disease, a loved one dies, I mean, anything can happen. They get laid off from what they thought was a great career, and um, and let 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 let's let's remember what happened. Let's. I still I insist also on, on that paper. Write down your worst day. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor exercise, and let's burn that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Acknowledge it, process it. And then release it. You know, that's really how I look at it. Emotionally intelligent. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Well, Dr. Bales, thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad we share a similar mindset and hopefully can encourage others to uh, to do the same. Yeah. Yeah.